Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. Um, if you drive by the church in the next few days, you're going to see some uh, pretty substantial things happening here. So um, our entire parking lot is going to be um, just in uh, disarray. Uh, it is being redone uh, starting tomorrow, assuming the weather holds up. So um, really what we're going to be doing, this parking lot has never really been maintained um, Almost ever, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So uh, almost ever, and then um, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, redoing, tearing up a, a substantial portion of it, uh, leveling it out so that there's not the big hump coming in. Um, I just don't want to see people falling in the <laughs> the the, uh, the f- uh, parking lot. That's not something we want. We're going to be redoing the ADA um, portion of things, so it's a actual compliant concrete slab that that is uh, in compliance with code, um, and just overall kind of getting the the space cleaned up a little bit. So um, as you drive by, if you see trucks and you know everything else happening um they are supposed to be there uh, <laughs> and uh we're blessed to be able to, to take that project on so um just excited about that in theory what i've been told is the majority of the parking lot should be available next sunday um there could be specifically the ada section maybe kind of roped off because that's gonna have to be formed and poured and has to set so um there may be certain sections that are, are not available, but for the most part, it will be ready to go. So any questions about that, come see me after, but that's what we've got going on. And then also be praying. We've got uh, five guys going to the men's retreat that's coming up um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that would be uh, Jeff, Dave, my dad, uh, Mike, and myself. That's five, right? And it is next week. <laughs> Man. all right so we are going to get started this morning let's pray heavenly father we thank you for your word holy spirit we ask that that you would apply what we receive this morning to our lives that you would cut through the distraction cut through any barriers or obstacles that we have up that it would be your words that are heard this morning and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So last week we started our series on the the book and the life of Daniel. And we started to see what it means to to follow God in the midst of a culture that doesn't. In the, the midst of a religious happening that that doesn't. Last week, we learned about this group of young men who were, were taken from their own lives, their, their own experiences, their own uh, religion, their own beliefs, everything, and marched hundreds of miles to uh, the city of Babylon, to a place in, in the middle of a, a culture that was not their own. They were placed in the middle of a belief system that was not their own, not only not their own, fundamentally opposite to, to what they actually believed. If 
we were to travel back in time, let's say two to three years, I would say that most of us would probably consider germs a little bit differently than we do today. <laughs> if somebody was to like maybe just sneeze in your general direction, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's kind of gross. But now today, or maybe not necessarily today as much, but maybe like a year ago, if somebody like sniffed around you, you would look at them like they had the plague, and it, like you would immediately cross the street to the other, <laughs> the other side, right? I know we're, we're making light of it, but I mean, it, it was a, a scary thing that was going on. And so something that we couldn't see, something that, that w- was happening around us, we made choices. We, we chose to change and restructure our lives in certain ways so that even though we had to, there, there was no like just, well, I'm going to move away from COVID. I mean, maybe if you like move to the middle of the, the like wilderness or something, potentially that's an option. But the, there wasn't really a whole lot of, well, I'm just going to move away from COVID. It was, I'm, going, I'm, I'm in the midst of COVID. I'm going to have to deal with this. But in the midst of that, I can take whatever specific precautions are appropriate for me. What we're going to see today as we look at, at the decisions that Daniel and the rest of these young men make is that they, they couldn't run away from Babylon. They, they were there. There wasn't a whole lot of option for them to get out of Babylon. But they had to make decisions of, okay, I'm, I'm here, and in the midst of being here, this is, these are the, the, the steps that I'm going to take to maintain the, the faith that, that I have. So as we continue our study on the, the book of Daniel with, with these young men, they're, they're concerned about something else that can't be seen. Something that, that can't be seen but is equally dangerous. They recognize that they're not going to be able to control their surroundings. You know, as we, we read through this next section in chapter one, we're going to see that they couldn't even really, they, they, they had to take a lot of extra steps just to even control the food that they were going to eat. But in the midst of that, they decided that there were specific lines that they were not going to cross. They had to decide whether they were going to be transformed by the culture that they were placed in. Because make no mistake, that was the intent of the king of Babylon. That was the intent of that nation that as they were taking them away was to transform them, to fundamentally change them and to erase everything that they were before. Or were they going to be transformative in the place that God had called them to be? And I mean, I hope we can maybe make a little bit of a leap that we're making here that, yeah, this is a a book in a specific historical, historical account about Daniel, but maybe, just maybe, this is something that's relevant to us today. Maybe we have been called to be transformative in the different places that God has placed us. Maybe God has you in your workplace to be transformative, to change and to shape the people around you, to be an example to follow. There was uh, this story that I heard recently about this Christian uh, CFO, second in command, in this Fortune 500 company. 
And the CEO of this company was terrible, was, was not a moral man. His private life was a disaster. His decision-making was, was just always questionable. The, the way that he was leading this company was such that, you know, from a Christian perspective, how can you even, you know, put your name next to this guy? And a, a pastor was talking to the, the CFO, and, and he says, this is where God placed me. And if I can be here, and if I can, can, if God can use me to affect and to transform the life of that man, how powerful would that be? This is the place that God has called me to be, and if this is where God's called me to be, then who am I to run away? In Daniel 1, 8 through 21, we're going to read that this morning. It says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Then Daniel said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants and for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and, and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine that they were to drink, and he gave them vegetables instead. And to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so they entered the king's service. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all of the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. So as we talked about last week, we're, the way we're going to approach this particular uh, portion of scriptures, we're going to go through the first phase of a discovery. What are, we, what are we talking about here? And then after we finish discovery, we're going to unpack what it is that we've un- discovered. And then finally, we're going to apply it. How do we, what does this mean to us? This, this is a historical account that happened at a specific time in history. But that doesn't make it any less relevant to us today. And so how do we apply that to us? And so what we see here is the culture attempting to change God's people, not through persecution, but through prosperity. You know, so often, and we talked about this last week, so often we see where, where people show up and they try to, to change people through persecution. And, and we're going to force you to, to go our way through pain and, and through whatever challenge they, they introduce. But what we see here is the complete opposite. 
Can you imagine being marched those hundreds of miles, going to a place that you don't know, a language that you probably don't understand, a, a belief system that you have no idea about, getting placed in front of a king that you don't know and saying, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're, we're going to feed you the best food. We're going to make sure you have clothes to wear. We're going to make sure you have all of the education that you never dreamt that you were ever going to have. I mean, let's just stop for just a minute and, and consider the level of learning that was present, you know, academically, that was present in Jerusalem, in, in Judah, and in Israel. I would imagine that there's a pretty substantial difference between that and what we see in Babylon, academically. And so they go to this place and, and they're presented all of these opportunities. And if you're presented all of those opportunities, doesn't that start to create a question in your mind of, well, this doesn't seem so bad. What, what, what's wrong with all this? <laughs> and, and in that questioning, we see all of a sudden exactly what the, the people of Babylon are trying to accomplish. All of a sudden, these people are, are willing to give up their previous culture. They're willing to give up what they once thought to be and knew to be true because this is comfortable. This is so much better than the alternative that they had created in their mind. Sometimes it's easy for us to look back and say, does, does it really matter that much if I just eat the food? Does it really matter that much if I, if I just drink the, the wine that's there? Like, what, what's the big deal? This, this, this maybe isn't a problem. But what we see here is Daniel preferred to endanger his security rather than defile his integrity. He made a decision, he made a choice that the food that he was going to put into his body was a line that he wasn't going to cross. He recognized there, there are certain things that are going to be happening around me that I can't control. I can't control where I live right now. They are, they are putting me where I live right now. I can't control the, the learning that they're asking me to participate in, but, but I can control the food that I eat. And so he chose right there to draw the line, saying this is the, the line that, that I'm not going to cross. And, and make no mistake, that absolutely was a, a potential endangering of his life. I mean, we just saw that the, the servant of the king was afraid that he was going to die just if Daniel didn't look healthy. How could food possibly defile them? Why, why was that such a big deal? And it, there's probably four different, different possibilities here, and we don't really know, but there is very specific food that the Israelite people were not supposed to eat. There were very specific regulations and rules about what they were allowed to eat and what they weren't. We see that in Leviticus 11, 1 through 23. And I mean, we, we know like pork isn't something that's, that's allowed. And, and some of those things were, were mandated for, for specific reasons. There were certain instances where God just didn't want people to feel sick. <laughs> don't, don't do this because you're not going to feel good afterwards. So it could have been that some of this food fell into that category. The, the other is it's possible that this food was offered to an idol. 
that, that this food was, was brought before the, the false gods of Babylon, that they would cook this food, that they would make it, and they, they would set it before an idol. And, and if the idol didn't eat it, and guess what? That didn't happen very often. That they would take that food and say, okay, now you can eat it. But there was also very specific instruction given in Deuteronomy 6, 13 through 15, that said, you're not supposed to eat food that's been offered to an idol. It's not allowed. Another reason. The goal of of giving that food may have been to create dependence from the, the people, the captives that were taken on the king. And in saying, no, I'm, I'm not eating your food. I'm not eat, drinking your wine. Instead, I'm going to eat vegetables that come from the ground, and I'm going to eat, drink water that comes from the sky. I know where those things come from. Those things come from my creator. I'm not dependent on you as the conquering king. And the, the fourth potential option here is that this could have just been a specific form of resistance, that this was something that Daniel could control. This was something that Daniel could show up and say, no, we're not going to do this. You have control over all of these other areas in my life, and yet this particular point we're going to, to, to stand up for. They didn't get to decide their language. They didn't get to decide where they lived. They didn't get to decide multiple other things except in this particular case. And in verse 20, we see this this statement that these young men were 10 times better than all the the other officials in the kingdom that were eating this food. That after this testing period, that they were, one translation says they were 10 hands better. (laughs) 10 hands better to me kind of represents maybe five people. So maybe they were five, they were worth five of any other that, that was present there. The, the presence of Daniel and, and his friends were an overall benefit to the kingdom. They were worth five of any other member of the royal court. And if they were a benefit, then that means that they're, they're following that command that we see in Jeremiah, right? Where Jeremiah gives that instruction that you're to go be a benefit to the city in which you live. Seek the the welfare of the city in which you live. These men were seeking out the welfare of the city, not according to what the king's direction was. They were seeking out the welfare of Babylon according to what God's will was for that time. God blessed these young men with remarkable insight and position Do you think he just did that for their benefit? Why would would Daniel and and Mishael and Azariah, why, why would all of that group be blessed just so the the rest of the kingdom would 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 feel better about themselves? No, they're, they're placed there for a specific opportunity. And as we move into chapter two, Kaylee's gonna talk about what that specific opportunity is. 
God's timing is not accidental. Did you know it is impossible to influence a culture if you are dependent on it? You can't change a culture if you're dependent on it. If, if Daniel and the rest of these young men were dependent on the king to give them whatever they needed, how were they then supposed to show up to the king and say, hey, you're doing it all wrong. Hey, this is an area in your life where you need to change. My God has a plan for you and it doesn't involve this, but wait, I'm still getting this blessing from you. They weren't dependent on the king, meaning they had nothing to lose. If, if they went to the king and said, hey, we want to change the food that, that you're going to try to feed us, they didn't have anything to lose. It was okay. Whether it's a fiery furnace or a lion's den, they weren't concerned because, and granted, this verse hadn't been written for them yet, but for them to live was Christ and to die was gain. They just didn't know that. <laughs> but they did. Do you understand that, that to them, it didn't matter if they were uncomfortable in that moment because if they were killed, to them, they were going to be in an eternal place. This was not eternal. This was, was something that was temporary. They knew what they were living for. As we look at this scripture, there, there's an important aspect for us to understand is that in certain tests, God waits for our obedience before he provides the resources. In each instance that we see Daniel take a step of faith, he has to take that step first, and then God responds. Daniel resolves that, that he's not going to eat the food. He makes the decision. And after he makes the decision, that's when the, the chief priest says, yeah, okay, we can do that. I mean, Daniel's stepping out on a limb. He's saying, man, I... I sure hope this works. I, I sure hope somebody is gonna give me the, the green light to do this, but regardless, this is what we're gonna do. Daniel asks to be tested, and then God provides the nourishment. He's not looking back, well, it seems like for the past 10 days we've been doing pretty good, so let's go ahead and, and you know, set this test. He says, no, we're gonna set the test, and I know my God will do what he needs to do. There's other examples that we see of this in the Bible. The, the Israelites have to cross the Jordan River. And it's not like the Red Sea where the, 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 river, or the Red Sea just parts in front of them. They have to walk into the, the, the river. The river stops partway upstream. And then they're able to cross. Pour out the last of your flour and the last of your oil and make the bread that, that we need to, to eat. And only when they did that did they see that there was more. It wasn't, hey, I, I magically have 20 more bottles of oil and, and a, a whole new bucket of flour. No, it didn't work that way. It was you empty out what you have and then you will see God provide for you. We see Peter being told, step out of the boat. And then you're going to, to see what it means. It's an important note. Passing those tests doesn't equate to salvation. 
The, the salvation that we see is, is done by grace alone. We know that. There, there's nothing that I can do to earn salvation. But passing a test like that, being, being in the, the process of going through something like that is a reflection of who the Holy Spirit is changing me to be. As I uh, allow access into my life, if, if somebody goes through that, that process and, and they're not able to say, no, I, I'm not strong enough to, to make the choice to, to eat this food this way or to, to make that particular decision, God doesn't just cut them off. But what, what that decision is is a reflection of what the Holy Spirit's doing in that person's life. Why does God test? Why do tests happen in our life? So that God can laugh when we mess up? <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> why, why does God test us? God tests us so that we can grow, right? Why, why do tests happen in, in the public school system or in any school system? I'm assuming it's not so that the teachers can laugh when the, their kids mess up, but they probably do a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that falls into sanctification, right? Uh, <laughs> a, a, a work in progress. But um, why, why, why does testing happen? Testing happens to measure, but testing happens so that there's growth. It's, it's in, in preparing for that test that you grow. When I was uh, taking my final in Spanish as a, a senior, the, the night before I had a dream, and that dream was in Spanish, and I knew I was going to do just fine. <laughs> Don't know much Spanish now, so uh, <laughs> slight problem, but uh, I, I, I knew it. That's, that's why we test. Is so that we're, we're preparing, and in that preparation, in that, in that preparation, we see growth. And, and God puts these tests in front of us, and he says, Daniel, I, I want to see you grow, and, and I want to see you grow because I have plans for you. Just like we saw in Jeremiah, right? Plans to, to prosper you. I have, I have plans for a, a hope and a future for you. But that doesn't mean you're going to be free of all of the hardship that came before. I'm not giving you that sign that you want just to, to, hope, to, to make you comfortable that it's going to happen. Can you imagine if Daniel just got like a little letter stuck under his, his door saying, hey, go ahead and ask for that test. I've got your back. It's okay. I mean, wouldn't that be so helpful if, if in those instances where we're being tested, if God's like, hey, it's okay. I'm going to take care of it. That doesn't happen very often. Most of the time, we don't get the, the fleece that, that is wet when it's supposed to be dry and dry when it's supposed to be wet. That, that doesn't happen very often. Most of the time, we're doing the Indiana Jones, Temple of the Last Crusade type of thing where you're stepping over the, the edge just hoping there's a ledge. And yet God is faithful. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that, that stopped the Jordan River upstream, the same God that did all of these things, the same God that's with Daniel is the same God that's with me today. 
So why in verse 21 does it all of a sudden jump to, and Daniel was, was there until King Cyrus? Like, that seems like it's kind of coming out of the blue, right? This entire time we've been talking about King Nebuchadnezzar, and all of a sudden it just throws in another king's name. When Daniel made this statement of faith, when he said, no, I'm going to not do what, what Jesus, I'm not going to do what the king wants me to do. I'm going to do what God ha- has mandated in my life. Daniel didn't just last with that king. Daniel was present through that king and the king after and when the, the Persian Empire came and took over the, the Babylonian Empire, Daniel lasted through that king. Then Daniel was present for the fourth king. Daniel made it through four more kings and two empires. That's how God stands. God's ways will outlast cultural trends. God's people survive the, the concerns that come up in this world. So, we were concerned about COVID. God outlasts COVID. If we look back in history, there has been concern after concern after concern. There's been economic depressions. There have been conflicts between nations. There have been all of these different issues that have come up, natural disasters. My God is bigger than all of those things. And so in terms of application, each of us have to decide if we will be transformed by the culture that we're in or if we will be transformers of that culture through the Holy Spirit working in us. It's not anything that has to do with me. Will the Holy Spirit work through me? Will the blood of the Lamb overcome? Will the words of my testimony overcome or will I be changed by what this world is trying to change me into? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, day, today, and forever. He doesn't change. The fact of the matter is you cannot avoid being in the culture that we're in today. We, we don't get to just decide to, to uproot and, and leave. And even if we could, and this is an important point and an important distinction. Even if we could, is that really what we've been called to do? You know, we see that, that example in some of the monasteries, and, and I want to be careful here because there, there is a lot of good work that came out of the, the monastery movement where, where Scripture was, was uh, copied and translated, and the Word of God came out of those places, and, and it was a place of healing in a number of cases, but it was also a place of seclusion where people took themselves out of the the opportunity to transform their world and they put themselves behind closed doors. Is that what God has called us to? Or has he called us to a place saying, recognizing this is not my home. I'm to be an alien in this place, but as I am here, I'm here to be used by the Holy Spirit. If we are, are called to be transformative, can you do that by yourself? If you are called to be transformative, if we're called to, to change the culture that we're in, can that be done as a single person? Maybe. 
But isn't it so much better to be doing that with, with fellow believers, with other people that are saying, no, we're with you. One of the problems of, of uh, trying to go it on your own is it's so easy to all of a sudden shift into your own mindset and all of a sudden you're, you're kind of com- getting off track from what it is that the Holy Spirit's trying to accomplish in your life. With other people, there's accountability. We see with Daniel that, that there's this group of young men that are all coming together deciding this is what we're gonna do. This is, is what it means to follow God in this time, in this moment, and this is how we're going to change the, the culture that we're in. We're going to stand up in front of the king of this nation and have relationship with him. We're going to do life with decision makers in this place. In order to do that, there's a decision that has to be made. The decision is this. Is the reward, is the outcome of that relationship greater than the risk or the conflict that's going to come. That's, what, that's the decision that Daniel had to make right then. And he had to choose, is it better for me to just go with the flow in this particular instance, eat the food, drink the wine, do whatever it is that they're asking me to do, or is the conflict worth it so that I can be used by God to change the culture that I'm in? That's the choice. That's the decision that we get to make this morning. This morning, tomorrow, the day after, it is a day-by-day-by-day process. This isn't like, yep, I checked that off the list, we're good. No, every single day we have to decide, am I going to step out? Am I going to be in the midst of conflict knowing that it's worth it? My trust in Jesus, my faith in Jesus Christ is enough to see me through those types of, of conflicts, those, those types of disagreements. And I can step out in faith and confidence knowing that God is going to meet me in those places, in those tests that, that just seem so impossible. Maybe you have tests like that that are going on this morning, that are going on this week, areas that, that you know you've been called to step out into, that you're just hoping that there's something there that's gonna catch you. Church, if you are following the word of God, if you are, are being faithful to what it is that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, I guarantee you, you will, be not, you will not be let down. that God is with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are faithful, that you have been faithful. You are today and you will continue to be faithful, God, in the midst of of these opportunities that we have to step out, to step out into the unknown, to step out into something that, that by all rights should be impossible, and yet we know that you have called us into that. God, for those here that, that have these specific areas in their life that, that they know 
you have called them to, that they know you have, have brought them into. God, I ask that you would bring peace, that you would bring assurance. An assurance that you are with them, that, that you are there right beside them. And that we, as we, we go through the, these times together, God, I ask that you would allow us to see this culture, this world change to become more like you. God, we want to be more like you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning as we move to our ministry time, if if there are areas in your life where, where you feel that God is calling you to step out into, into the unknown, into the, the area where you don't know how it's going to turn out, but you know that this is what, what God has in store for you and in mind and in plan for you, I ask that you would pray with and join with those that are around you, recognizing that, again, God is faithful that he is not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you be shaken. He is going to be there with you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you. And he is going to see his plans come about. If there is another need that exists for you this morning, if it's a need for provision, a need for healing, Let's, let's come together. I'd ask that some people come uh, around Linda and, and join with her as uh, she's trying to see some, some tests come about, trying to see the, the medical institution of Humboldt County work. And that's a, a difficult thing right now. But if there are those of you here that, that have that need, God is faithful. In the midst of chaos, just like we see in the life of Daniel, God is still faithful. Let's go ahead and join with one another and pray. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 